are back. I cannot believe I'm saying this for season three of the doggone truth about rescue with always and forever. And to kick it off, we have the one and only our, I was going to say our founder, but that sounds (laughs) weird. Reverend, I can say that. Reverend Jennifer Dalski. Former Reverend. Sorry. Former. (laughs) Former. And Kelly. And then, of course, um, my, what is it called? Co-host. Co-host. No, I couldn't remember the word. I remembered you. Co-host, Cyrita. Greetings. So, Jen, we decided that we're just going to give you the mic because it's been two months since you've been on it and you have a lot of things to say. So this episode is yours. So thank you <laughs> for that. Um, there's there's always just so much to share. And I think this is such an incredible platform to reach people that may or may not be involved in rescue and what I was thinking, which I invited Kelly. And I just want to say shout out to myself because <laughs> I now know how to say Kelly's last name. Let me get this right. Kelly Fry. Very good. I don't even know how to say your guys' last name. Guadalupe. That's rude. You know it's Guadalupe. Guadalupe. No. <laughs> Sheila. Holy heck. Hold on. I'm trying to visualize know? the back of your jersey. Siku. Wow. And that is is the end of the episode. We will be. (laughs) I gave a shout out to myself for the first part, but not the last part. Oh, don't look at your watch. That's hurtful. Okay. I'm really sorry. First names are more important than last names, right? So, um, no, um, I was just thinking there's there's always a million things that happen when we reach out and discuss what we're going to talk about on a podcast. Every single day, something changes. So you never know what the topics are going to be. And it's such an incredible platform. So thank you to anyone that listens in, especially our, our followers. Um, but I invited Kelly tonight, and I thought it would just be a really great platform to talk about things that nobody likes to talk about in rescue. Because let's be honest, it's not all rainbows and sunshine. It's incredibly hard. And when I first started this, I had a very good friend tell me, who has been in rescue forever, she said the average span that somebody stays in rescue is five years and we have been in this game now for five and a half years so I should have peaked out by now and you know what's what's incredible is how many people are drawn to us for our mission and for the work that we do and not everything is easy and I'll share that you know people see my good morning videos and it's it's such a light and there are days I don't want to wake up, literally don't want to wake up, not because I don't want to, not because I want to sleep, not because I want to, you know, be lazy or something, but I just don't want to wake up because it's hard, because it's hard to know that there are so many animals that we are not saving. And it's so funny because when something's in the universe and you feel it, it's like people can feel it. Like you can feel the heartache across across the world. And I had a, a good friend that I've known through grief um, since I lost Sam, God, now nine years ago. She reached out and she said, Jen, I love you. I've been following your rescue. She followed this when this was just a dream. So imagine seeing someone at their lowest of lows that you never know in complete despair and then watching them take a concept and evolve it into a dream come true. And she reached out and she said, I love what you guys do. I follow you every day. She's a huge supporter. And she's like, 
have you thought about compassion fatigue and what are you doing for your team? And every year we do these, we bring a psychologist in and we've done them through Zoom. And in my opinion, they're crap. <laughs> so let, let me just say they're crap. It's not enough. It's not enough to do an hour training and say, this is compassion fatigue. You know, you need to do X, Y, and Z and watch this and that. I've seen compassion fatigue in its finest, rarest, most brutal form from people I love dearly and from people I don't even know that have made incredibly poor choices all in the name of rescue. So you get these people that say, I need to save one more life. And then all of a sudden you're in hoarding situations with unspeakable, unthinkable conditions in in the name of rescue. And so you get in a very interesting war of other rescues wanting to help them, but it's taboo to say what they're doing is wrong. Why? Why is it ever taboo to say what something someone is doing that is hurting a soul wrong. Um, and it, maybe it is compassion to Maybe it's not. We don't know their motives. But if you see something that's wrong and you don't say something, then you condone that. Like then you are just as much as at fault as the party that is doing that. So, you know, I wanted to have this be about talking about the uncomfortable and talking about the grief. And we said goodbye to a dog today. Um, we said goodbye to a beloved dog today who went to senior home visits and we brought on doggy dates and he was saved from a kill shelter and we picked him up and we brought him in. We didn't know anything about his past and we loved him and we cared for him. And he sent two of our staff members to the hospital yesterday and we made a decision as a board. We made a decision as with our medical staff and our team, and we made a decision as a rescue to protect our people and to love him and to hold him and to say goodbye. And one thing that we will always be is transparent when it comes to that. And so I write a post and I share it, and I say, here's what happened. And I, I give as much detail as I can because... Number one, I will say this all the time. The only person anybody is accountable to is God. You have to go to bed at night and be comfortable with yourself and the relationship that you have with him. Everything else to each their own kind of thing. But when it comes to a rescue like this where you're asking people to put their faith and their trust in you and you say, believe in what we're doing because we have a bigger purpose and a bigger mission. And I shared a couple posts in the volunteer group about the why behind the goodbye and then after the goodbye and I kind of shared this with you guys earlier the hardest thing in the world for me personally and I know but everybody in in this podcast has been through loss for me personally no matter what the reason is the drive to the goodbye are probably the worst moments of it because you question yourself, because you're begging God, because you're soul-searching and looking for any reason to not do what you know you have to do, because somebody has to do it. Somebody has to make the decision. Um, And then when I share this, you get the people that say, well, why don't you keep them forever? Why don't you reach out to other rescues that could keep them forever? Number one, I would keep every dog forever if there were a hundred other me's that lived alone, that maybe had no other dogs, and that had every moment of every day to devote to these animals to never have a trigger and to never 
make a mistake. I make mistakes all the time, all the time. When I make a mistake, I get bit. And that's because I screwed up. I think it's, I went through a dog training course on aggression. I can't remember who it was through. It was like a 12 week seminar course. And 90% of the bites that dogs have done on humans were because of human fault, because they try to communicate with us and we don't listen. We don't acknowledge that. But when a dog bites unprovoked with no triggers, there's always an underlying mental or physical reason that we don't know. And that's when a dog becomes truly dangerous. When you can't identify the one trigger, you have to take a step back and say, this is something I think only God can cure. And we lose followers because of that, because we share it, you know, and I will tell you everything in my human instinct says, don't share says say he died of old age how easy would that to be to lie to cover it up right rescues do that all the time and I, I don't mean to shock anyone with that but no rescues really post the toughest cases where you make the worst decisions in the best interests of not only the animal but the community around you because it's easy to be the keyboard warrior, the Facebook, the Facebook hero, and the shamer. It's easy to judge until you're in the shoes that picks up the dog that doesn't understand what they did yesterday, that's happy and go lucky, that tore apart human flesh, but yet gives you a kiss on a car ride to the vet and then looks at you as you say goodbye. So... Um, there's a lot in rescue that people don't talk about. And then I think it bears on their souls because they go to sleep heavy at night. And then when they do, there's shame and there's judgment. And I will say at the beginning, too, I was one of the first to judge. You know, it's easy. It's very easy to look at another rescue and say, you kill. You know, and that, when this happened today, I stopped and I thought, what's the lesson behind this? You know, I know we talk about KHS in Wichita a lot, and it was a good self-reflection to say, do I judge how people are judging me? And in in many ways, I'm, I'm very, very cognizant of how human I am and how much I have to grow in that area. But that's why I thought, let's get together and let's, let's talk about the uncomfortable. Let's, let's talk about the ugly grief of death. It's real. It's every damn day in rescue and but what we try to do in this rescue specifically is to focus on the joy and the love and light and I shared in my morning post this morning the only dog that was sad in that entire barn okay not dog the only soul that was sad in that entire barn was me because I knew what was coming because they live in the moment and they can find the joy in every moment and how beautiful of a privilege to not know mm-hmm. when the end is and to just embrace every moment. Because I don't think I could do that. If, if I knew I was going to die tomorrow, hell, I think I'd, I'd be a sad disaster or something trying to wrap up everything I didn't do. And I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I guess what are your guys' thoughts on that? There's a couple things that you kind of mentioned. You said, you know, you thought about KHS and we talk about Wichita a lot and how they make their choices and we make our choices. The one thing I, I definitely want to point out is we're very honest. Mm-hmm. We, we don't hide anything. We, we share the good and the bad. And 
I think that's a very, very big thing to remember because we're not, we're not sugarcoating, you know, any of the sadness behind it. It's the reality is what happened and what goes on and, but we don't hide any of it and we share all of it. What Kelly, it's so funny how, cause things pop in my head as, as we're going through this. And just the other night we had six Parvo puppies come into the vet, six beautiful, beautiful lab puppies that were six weeks old, yep. something like that. And uh, we haven't talked about it on this podcast yet, but there's a new shot, antibody shot, that's about, I probably goofed that up. Let's just, let's simplify this for me. Because I, if I simplify it, then I understand it. There is a magic shot, let's go with that, that's about $500 per vessel based on body weight. So the larger they are, the more vessels they need of this magic shot that helps heal parvo faster than any other thing has ever been now it's very hard to get it's kind of like liquid gold not every vet has it and they have to pre-order it so it's not just sitting there in stock um six parvo puppies were there and one dog died within 45 minutes this puppy passed because they hadn't even reached out to rescues yet because it was dropped they were dropped off found in a field as strays and brought in and so it's a scramble because the city's not going to pay for that antibody shot to save them. They have X cap amount of dollars. Now you talk one parvo puppy is going to be about $2,000 just for the initial treatment of that. Now that's assuming they get better in a couple days with the shot. I have to say, Lawrence Humane Society, the relationship you built with them, what a beautiful place because it's just an example of how shelters and rescues can work together and the sole focus is to save lives. So Kelly has created phenomenal relationships with good people. And the bottom line is it doesn't matter who you're working with. If you're aligned with the mission and the reason behind why you're doing what you do, good people are drawn to each other. Good attracts good. I know I'm a broken record at that. But back to the Parvo puppies, one passed. Kelly helped save three. They went to Lawrence, and then we had one there. But when you see the photo of the one that you lost before you even had a chance to save it. Um, and there's so many souls that are dying in Wichita every day and we don't know who they are. Like we don't see the picture, their numbers, hundreds upon hundreds of numbers that have a soul and a photo and a body and a life behind it. And you, I mean, you can share what you shared in the group. It's how you process and how you share this weight on you and and you shared a really beautiful thing and just just a message group which I think it was touching I think a lot of times um it's hard to sometimes verbally say out loud how sad you are how much your heart hurts and a lot of times for me I'm an emotional person so you see it no matter what um here come the tears yep they do and it's easy for me to just let it out because I've never been never been afraid of that I guess um but Part of my problem is is I, I can't verbalize it all the time because I get so choked up that it just doesn't come out then. But I can write it, and I can tell in my words on a piece of paper in our posts or whatever exactly what's in my heart while I'm crying the entire time. And so it's just that release of all of that sadness, even though there's that little bit of you that knows you tried everything. And see, it gets me all choked up because you put everything into it to save a an animal that you don't even know yet, but you've fallen for. And then when things don't work out the way you want them to, you just have to rely on the fact that 
you can go to sleep at night because you tried. You tried your best. And then you work for the next one, and you work for the next one, and you just keep it going. For those that aren't aware, I found out last week, yeah, just just about last week, um, my Josie, a little... 10 some year old boxer I've had a year and a half um Sheila almost had her I, I said that she should adopt her and then a neighbor could give her to her <laughs> but um my Josie they found a lump and within a couple of days her health drastically turned and you go from living life and just enjoying every day she loved the RV she loved walks she loved everything about life cutest little gremlin on this earth and i swear to god the moment cancer was put in the universe everything changed with her demeanor with her behavior with her panting at night and to anyone that has a dog with a terminal illness you know that sleep that word doesn't exist anymore and all of a sudden when you go through this you relive everything of what you re- what you've relived with the loss of the others and so much of that is true with grief. And so how do you focus on being in this moment and finding the joy in the little things? Because she's still here. Right? I had the surgery. They found out, good Lord, it's some kind of blood cancer. It's not good. And when I Google it, I want to die with her. <laughs> I know that I say this every time they leave me. I want to go with them. I may be the crazy person when I say that, but how could you not want to follow someone you love, um, whether it's an animal or a person? And when you love that deeply and that fiercely, you grieve at an exponential level because grief is the price for love. I mean, everybody knows that. And it's, it's a privilege to love that deeply, even when we've never met them. And that's why it's so hard with rescue because this one over here is grieving every day. (laughs) And so, but then we were talking about, and that's where I get back to, I don't want a damn lecture about how do I survive, you know, things to watch for, hoarding, you know, you can be cranky, you can be all these kind of things. You fall into depression and anger and you start justifying things that aren't justifiable, but that's what's so incredible about having surrounding yourself with the very best people, like the three I'm sitting in this room with, who number one, listen, and number two have hearts of gold, and it's it's people that would do anything for each other. Um, a good friend to me said the other day, oh, "What did she say? She said something about I'm scared that I will be like the 90 year old woman with." no one to call when you know my dog is sick and I said number one you have a family it doesn't matter if it's blood or not people would drop everything for everyone and I think that's the beauty of always and forever it doesn't matter if it's a dog it doesn't matter if it's a person (laughs) like we would I, I always smile fondly when Kim would run away and then there would be search parties um Kim would jump the fence Kim this 10 year old like um totally old totally mischievous wonderful little soul she just jumped the fence and run around the neighborhood and then there'd be like 30 people running around the neighborhood I think once they called the police on it because we were in like Olathe and there was like a mob of us looking everywhere for all the for but you know Kim's search parties were legendary and 
Kim was such a beautiful soul. And so, you know, I don't have an answer for compassion fatigue. Um, everybody survives differently. I, I think I find, I find peace in music. Um, and that's why I always put music on when, when it's time to hold them. And, um, I play classical music to them and I, I put my hands on them and, and Miranda and Amanda were there today when we said goodbye and, there is an energy of love that you can feel. And I kind of have that moment where you step out of yourself and you think, what a, what a beautiful privilege to have so many souls surround you as you leave this earth for heaven. And so many animals, so many people are not given that gift to have one single soul love you. And I'm not big into Reiki. I wish I knew more about it. Um, but just the healing power of human touch. And so somebody had suggested to, they're like, why don't you send them to, why don't you send this dog to this place in Pennsylvania where they put a dog house up outside and there's a fence around it. And there's very little human interaction, no dog interaction on it. Nothing wrong with the people that are doing that. No judgment. But that's not, if I won't send my dog somewhere, the barn dogs are our dogs. I say my dog. Literally, it's Kelly dogs. It's your dog. It's, it's, it's doing what you would do for the love of your life. And each and every one is the love of our lives. And that's, that's why, you know, the barn may be chaotic right now because it's young, wild ones. But we are taking the ones nobody else wants. And nobody else wants them for a reason. And I think that's an also important to know there are so many risks when it comes, not only to adopting, but to caring for these animals. You know, it's, it's, this isn't the happy-go-lucky podcast, Jen, that you usually get um, because there is joy in everything. And I, I think that there's beauty in the grace of a goodbye where you give an animal peace with the right intentions. And I remember the very first goodbye where it was a choice, where it had to be a t- decision because um, this particular dog was beaten by its owner with a frying pan and tased and tortured before we got him and we took him to the vet we loved him we named him sam i actually didn't name him sam but somebody named him sam the irony in that is beautiful and um we had to say goodbye to him and when we first did that i was paralyzed I held him in the pasture. It was a beautiful goodbye, but this was a beautiful two-year-old pity with demons we could not save. No trainer could save. And two weeks of my life, I cried. I locked myself in the room, and I, I just shut down. I don't even think we talked in any capacity then because, like we talked about before, I didn't. I had a really hard time talking for years because grief affects everyone differently. But you learn to find the only way I can survive is knowing that heaven is real, that heaven is better. And, and I will always see it. A very good friend helped me to understand that heaven is really just a parallel universe to where everyone we love walks side by side with us. And the best way to think of it is that they're just three feet away. So anytime you think of your loved one that's lost, a human or an animal, you know, they're there. They don't leave you. They're the ones encouraging you to love and keep going and to find the strength to take the dog, put him in the car, give him a cheeseburger and chocolate kisses, and to lay on top of him 
and cover them with your tears and hold them and remind them that God loves them, God's waiting. And then I always ask them to forgive me too, as I ask God to as well. You know, there's as much as I can preach um, to myself that it's the right thing. You never know. And that's why I always say when you lead with love, how can it be wrong? Because we're human and we are meant to screw up. And as long as we are learning from our failures or learning from our mistakes, then we keep going. And that's that's kind of been the summary of 2023, 2024. We um, went to Wichita uh, a month ago now. Um, we brought a team and we did our oral presentations there. And can I just tell you how proud I am? I, I, I beam with pride of the team that went. Kelly was one of them. Julie, Judy, Amy, Miranda. Did I forget anyone? Megan. Megan, yeah. And God, they spoke so eloquently and everyone was confident and we were dressed to the nines. We were all suited up. We were like powerhouse <laughs> there. And we we're like, we won it. And number one, that comes with the confidence from working hard every damn day, every day, you don't get that confidence by faking it. Screw that. You have to earn that. Like that's the discipline of getting up when you don't want to get up, of checking your messages when your heart's on the floor, when there's, you just lost a parvo puppy and you're fighting for the other five. So we don't have an update or an outcome of Wichita. You know, we, we went in on the RFP. We literally went all in. Our proposal is phenomenal. I can tell you right now, if somebody donated a $10 million building to us, we would run that building and not one animal would die for space ever. And we stood up in front of Wichita and we said that exact thing. I made them that promise that not one animal would ever die from space. And, and it was a really great speech. And the bottom line was the only thing that I remember saying that stuck to the core of us is that we are who we say we are and we will do what we say we will do. And that's a fact. And we prove that every day. I can't tell you how proud I am of all the staff, of everyone in every capacity of this podcast. Like, it's amazing. Think about what you guys have done. Think about who you touch. Um, and this will go to another part, too. Kelly, I should have warned you. I talk a lot on these. <laughs> so you have to interrupt me. <laughs> so let's be clear. You have to interrupt me. But here's another really beautiful thing that we just shared last week. We have people that pass away. And they leave their will. They leave their entire estate to us. Now, it's not a lot. You know, we, we're not, we have millions of dollars. <laughs> but my God, what an amazing, amazing testament to how they believe in us. Because think of your life work and that you would trust and believe it with somebody in the rescue that is doing what you have the same core mission with. And that's where I, I shared this with our staff. I shared it with the barn staff. I shared it with everyone. We are making a difference every day just by posting and sharing on social media, by doing the podcast, by continuing to speak up when people are doing things that are not okay, whether they're in rescue or not, whether they run a shelter or not. That, that's a big thing with Wichita, too. They don't want rescues and shelters. Why? Why not have the best people in the facility that will love them and care for them and do exactly what you're doing, but 10 million times better because it will be done with love. And I am going to stop talking to let Kelly talk. Go. 
Come on, Kelly, get something in there. You got to be quick with me, so <laughs> otherwise I'll get a thought and keep talking. No, I think I think everything you just said is really spot on with one with Wichita and how we kind of look at that and try and focus our goals in helping in that sense because I think a lot of people there's the people that believe in what we're doing and trying to fight for Wichita and then there's the people that think differently about our views and how we need to help and um but I think when you say a rescue needs to be in there each person has a role, and just like we all have our roles within our rescues, I think there are specific roles that city shelters should have too, and I think there's things that need to be taken care of on the streets, and there's things that need to be taken care of behind the doors and for the animals, and I wish I wish we could get in there. I wish we could help the community understand the importance of the different roles that need to be taken and um i just like you said i think we could get in there and we could do so much there there would not be ever a dog that would die for for resources or cat cat. sorry animal so you lost me halfway through there. You know how people are supposed to pay attention and not respond in their head. They're supposed to listen the whole time. I started to respond, and then I thought, that's a really good thought. And then I went back to you on that, and I thought, wow, that's a really good thought that you had, too. So I didn't catch all of what you said, but I'm sure it was very good. But I went backwards. Bear with me here. I went backwards to six lab puppies. Guys, Here's the beautiful part, and I, I, you wrote a post about this too. Seven o'clock at night in Wichita, only way to save their life is to get them to Lawrence. The network that our freedom drivers have, unbelievable, you guys. Seven o'clock Saturday night, Craig puts out a message. These people dropped everything to save three lives, to Within drive. 15 minutes. Within 15 minutes. 15 minutes. We had people speaking. I think we had... Five different people speak up and say, whatever you need, where do we need to go? We're there for you. No one else has this network. The amazing amount of sacrifice that people do. They pay for their own gas. This is a Saturday night, and we are asking you to put three potentially dying puppies with a highly contagious virus into your car. And And that's not an easy drive. That's not um, because so many things can happen in that process. Now, granted, we would never let them go if they weren't stable enough. But at the same time, you don't, you only know so much. Or it's the only only, way to save their life. Right. It was the only way to save their life. And that's what, that's why I said shout out to Lawrence Humane Society for taking them. But yeah, this doesn't happen without the volunteers that are like, hey, Saturday night, you know how tired I am at Saturday night at seven o'clock? I'm brain dead. And these people just dropped everything. And three lives were saved because of it. And that's not an easy drive. So think they go an hour and a half and one way, night, an night. hour and a half back, yep. night. Yeah. So how, and then they got to clean their car. And that's, you got to use the special detergent to do that too. You, the, all the risks that you have, you take all your clothes off before you go into the house. So we have a lot of people that's just like strip naked in the garage <laughs> before they walk in. That's pretty common with our rescue. So if you live near one of us, <laughs> Watch out at night. <laughs> just make sure the door is shut. Just, yeah, just don't. Make sure you're inside <laughs> before you do that. Shut. I think Judy does that. Um, but, you know, it's 
we all have our stories like that because that's another risk too is what are you taking home to your animals but what an incredible network of so many souls that just see the bigger picture and and i said this at our rfp um presentation too People want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And he got to give people the opportunity. I had, I had no idea how to be a part of a rescue before until I started this. And then I remember starting this and um, it's like, we'll never be a rescue. It's too much work. <laughs> Forget it. We're just going to be a sanctuary. We're going to take old dogs and they'll just sleep all day. And that was really beautiful for a couple of weeks. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the young ones started to come in and then the cats and we were to rescue. But um, I just have to say, you know, even on the saddest, hardest days, I did, I did not want to get up this morning because I knew exactly what was coming. And the heaviness and the weight of that I think of the six parvo dogs and I think of the network and I think of the future adopters and the kids that are going to love those dogs. And I think of how many souls are touched by just listening to this podcast and to anyone that has had to make the decision for their family, for the safety of their family to say goodbye or maybe to surrender a dog. Holy cow, guys, there's a lot of judgment and shame when it comes to surrendering a dog. And when we first started this rescue, I was number one on the list to do that. And then I learned that they're better with us than in a family that doesn't want them or isn't um, the right fit. I think. And Sheila, you are awful quiet tonight. Usually you chime, but that's okay. She's tired. Go ahead. I'll talk for her. I was going to say there's a lot (laughs) that I have to see and I have to listen to and I have to talk to families quite a bit that are surrendering and there's so many times that I could be so so judgy and there are times that I do want to speak up and I do want to say my bit just because it frustrates you but at the same time that's not my place that's not a lot of people probably would say it is but it's not because that's I don't know their whole story I don't know I hear the bits and pieces. I can put things together. I can put that puzzle together and know that that dog is better with us. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's not my place to judge because what they did was still better than what so many others have done. So for them to know that they can come to us and still trust us. And some of the hardest ones that I have dealt with will stop and tell me thank you. And then I step back and I think to myself, okay, they still did better. And that's, that's why I think there's blessings in everything, right? We don't see it at the time. Uh, and that's the whole thing about responding versus reacting. And that's, that's the theme in life when we, our soul learns to evolve, to respond, to pause, to not react. We are all on a journey and everyone is personal to that. And we have to learn and grow through that. So an incredible amount of gratitude to our followers who stayed with us when every other second I was screwing up <laughs> every other second I would I would screw up big time in that bar I'd stick my hand in a kennel I would just pick a dog I'd stick my face in the but kennel but then you'd be honest day. about it I sure would and you know what I would do dog intros the same day but like here's six dogs go have fun like that's just stupid give them time to decompress people they come from a shelter the anxiety 
you know, the, know. the car rides. And so, yeah. we're doing better with I each. mean, I still walk my foster dogs right in and screw <laughs> it up. But I'm like, I got this. I'm a pro. And then I, <laughs> and there's a fight. <laughs> I am so human. And now it's getting late. So I feel like a doctor an hour. And I'm getting happy <laughs> and giddy. So someone should stop me. No, we said from the beginning that we were going to give you the mic. And this podcast was yours to... Well, speak your I, mind what I, what I think would be great is if you guys have dina and her crew to talk about osawatomy we'll let you i actually guys was gonna that. that was gonna be what i was gonna ask about yeah. the positive and what's going on there but we'll there's have to bring so much positive with that and that's that's a journey of faith and patience too I, i'm patience is just a virtue that's so hard for me and god reminds me every day that he's got a bigger plan and i like my plan but dang it it doesn't happen <laughs> so i gotta we're still waiting on our millions and um It'll come, and, and every day we do so much good, and that's why on the worst days when I don't want to get up, you know, I, I shoot her a message. I'm like, let's go share our hearts on this podcast, <laughs> and look who she shows up. How beautiful. <laughs> I mean, it's it's amazing. It is, and we we did not do this Facebook Live, so there's a little less pressure on that, <laughs> but yeah. Sai, do you have anything you want to add in? No, I'm just... All you've said is your name so far tonight. Yeah, Come on. I'm just here for moral support right now. Okay. No. Okay, but that's that's a thing too. It. Like the listening. Say, yeah. It. Thank I, you, Kelly. There's such a good energy in this Thank room. You. Like it is. I'm it's just listening and taking it all in. Yeah. But I'm here, you guys. We're hey. at the church of Dolsky. Yes. <laughs> we just come and listen Former to you. Reverend. <laughs> yes. Did you know that about Jen? Um, I did. Yeah. I did. Well, she heard it on the podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's your name in our group chat. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah. But no, some episodes when you come on, it is just nice to sit back and listen to your philosophy and view on life. And it's Delicious. a good reminder um, when it's so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day. Because we don't live in the shelter yeah. day-to-day and the ins and outs that you guys do. And it's just a very good reminder of what's important in life. What I'll share as well is you've got Kingston right now. Kingston's a beautiful, beautiful guy. Wonderful enjoy every moment it is so easy to let the moments go and the second things shift you're like shit what happened to these moments but they're there and even if it's just one little quick before you go to bed thank you whether you believe in god or not just a moment of saying thank you um for one more day surrounded by the people and the animals that you love um what a beautiful privilege to wake up even when you don't want to how how selfish it is it is of me to take that for granted certain mornings and only on the hardest days now because I have learned there's just so much good in this world and it's what you focus on that continually builds and and so let yourself feel the sadness don't deny that sadness I, I know I said this on another podcast but no one ever tells someone to not be happy be sad feel it share it you know, somebody got yelled at me on a Facebook post today. She's like, why do you share this? I don't, I don't find any integrity in that. And I was like, well, um, and then somebody responded really beautifully. She's like, everybody grieves differently. And for me, just like you said, you do writing, you know, I, I had got to share my pain because you're united by people through suffering. It's the one universal thing all of us do but we suffer individually and in our own ways. But that is the universal truth. Life is suffering. 
But when you come together and you ease someone else's pain, not only do they help you, but they help themselves. Because how good does it feel to give? Giving is the one, one of the most selfish things on this earth because you feel so good to help someone when you give. And all the beautiful souls in this rescue that have sent me kind notes and encouraged me in such a hard situation when we're all doing the best we can. And let me very, be very clear, too. This is not me deciding who lives and dies. This is not me playing God. I don't ever want to be God. <laughs> what, what a tremendous burden. But it is a board, it is a team, it is all of us, and every opinion matters. And that's why I share it all, because we have to share. We have to be transparent, because if we're, talk, if we're not talking about it and we're hiding it, then there's shame in it. Then why are we doing it? Because if we're hiding it, there is something wrong. Well, and the truth will always come out. It will. It'll take one person on the board to get mad and yeah. leave and then spill all the secrets. And Darn you're always Judy. just... <laughs> But it is. It's Judy. that feeling of always having to cover your tail or when right. is it going to come out or who's yeah. going to find out. And you, yeah. you can't live that way. And there's nothing to hide when you do things with love, when you do it with the right intentions. And that's why you share it because somebody else is going through that. And when, when I found out Josie was diagnosed with this, I thought about where do I write this? Who do I share this with? And I thought, you know what? I can put it in volunteers because I took a week off the barn. Or I can put it on my personal page because I know that reaches a different audience. And I put it on my personal page just talking about how just the overwhelming sadness of the what's to come, but yet trying to stay present with her in this moment. And I fail at that all the damn time. I'm crying left and right because she doesn't feel good. And I want her to feel better and I can't get her to eat. And I have bought every type of dog food out there possible. We're on raw dog food right now. So she's somewhat eating that. It's not going well. Um, and she doesn't. She does eat my personal chicken, which is very good for my diet, although not my protein intake, but that's okay. Um, but, you know, it's, it's share what's on your heart. However you can share it. Uh, Christy said she writes poetry. You know, I find peace in music too. You know, what, whatever it is that helps you get through your hardest days to see tomorrow and not walk away from rescue because people need to stay in the hard stuff. The hardest stuff is always worth it. And if you walk away, who's going to help them? You know, without, without the Kellys, without the Craigs, without... Sheila's in size there's no podcast I mean then it doesn't reach the people that don't have a venue for this so I I should say it every single day what you guys do really really is important in every single capacity so you are amazing because I would look at all this technical stuff and hand it to someone else which is what I did (laughs) so Cy has on the back end stuff so thank you, Sai. It's incredible, Sai. It's something it that incredible. it really is something to be proud of because so many people say, I want to start a podcast. Tell me how many people have started podcasts. How many people have reached out to you and say, how do you start a podcast? Um, quite on. a few. Yeah. <laughs> how many have done it? None yet. <laughs> exactly. Not that I know of. Exactly. Because it's easier to talk about a dream and say you want to do something. Yeah. It's harder to do it. But it's we did amazing. it. You guys did it. Three years now. Three on a row. Oh, can we talk about how today's Kingston's yep. gotcha okay. day? Yeah, oh. let's wrap this up or I'll okay. keep talking. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're going to wrap it up. Okay. Well, it is Kingston's I Got You Day. I posted one year ago, meet my foster dog for a little bit. <laughs> one year later, he is still here. Yeah, look at you. Come um, here. But to wrap up, 
we need our cover dog sausage <laughs> oh sausage is not necessarily available for adoption so that's a super complicated story of random dogs and okay so no sausage <laughs> um, all right let's see kelly, kelly do you have do you any think? i think let's do Mumford. talk about Mumford. we need Mum- we need find Mumford. Okay. um so i did get a update from Julie on the way over here that Mumford is one of our Parvo puppies from this week. Um, struggling, you know, he was struggling a lot. He was in the same kennel as um, the other two that actually we lost. So it's kind of that progressive illness where one gets it. It just depends on the timeline when the next one will get it. Um, and Mumford actually was deteriorating pretty quickly um, diarrhea and, um, not being able to keep anything down. And up till this morning, he was still having all of those symptoms. Um, tonight though, he's kind of starting to turn that corner, but, and we need him to do that as soon as we start seeing them kind of have a little bit more, um, fight, I think would be the way to say it. Um, then I have that all of a sudden that feeling inside of me that we're going to do it. Like he's going to be okay. So, I hold on to that quite a bit. I, I probably hold on to a lot of hope more than I probably should um, at times. I don't know that you can ever hold on to hope more than you should. I would argue hold on to hope <laughs> to your very last breath. Hope gives you a reason to live, to want to live, okay, and good. to encourage others to live. So, Kelly, that <laughs> that is one of your most beautiful attributes that oh. I would say don't ever change. Hold on to that forever. Thank you. I I do hold on tight. <laughs> and it probably hurts more when you have to let go, but I'm okay with that too. I'd rather hold on and love than not love at all. So, <laughs> But he's doing really good. So I say we, we nominate Mumford. He, he does need a home. Um, he is going to a foster. Mm-hmm. We do have a foster for him. Um, but sweet little buddy, I think, would be, would be great for... Um, a home with another dog so he can learn how to be a doggy too, some mm-hmm. play and have a good time. I think he's what probably a lab mix. Yeah, he's definitely labby. Um don't the, the I think the last thing I'll share is that you know people always say how you know what can they do to help rescues? Like, you know, if if you're just listening to this podcast or you're remote I will always believe ch- prayer changes things. No matter what, if it changes things inside you, if it changes things in the universe, take a moment and just think about the impact that you can have by the energy you put in this world. If you're, if you're putting good intentions out for animals and for each other, good will come back to you. And that's, that's why you guys are a blessing to me because on a really hard night, I got to come and sit with three beautiful souls around me that listened, that smiled, that cried that sometimes laughed when I got lost and (laughs) rambled. But just, again, I can't say it enough. Thank you for being drawn to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And it doesn't matter if you're remote. It doesn't matter if you only think of us once every time a podcast comes out. We've got more podcasts coming. So, but just thank you. So, I have something to say. You're going to wrap it up. Hey, again, thank you to Kelly, Jen, for joining us today. And as always, it's never too late for a happily ever after.